through the world according to Jackie Simmons. I'm Jackie Simmons, and I am your host for this session on emotional Teflon, how to stay positive in an emotional, emotionally negative world. And yeah, all right, the elephant in the room. We live in a flipping negative world. There is no problem with that, pardon me, once you understand that we live in a negative world because our brain has a natural negative bias. Everyone's brain has a natural negative bias. So here's the deal. The deal is that we don't understand this. I wasn't given the instruction manual for my brain. I wasn't taught that my first reaction to everything is likely to be negative because that's the survival skill. And I was operating my life as most of us do for much of our lives on that survival level basis. And so while we can all debate Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the reality is that we are baseline survival motivated. And as I have had the privilege to interview amazing people on the shows on the, and the videos are up on the Suicide Prevention Movement YouTube channel, the interviews are all enlightening. This idea that our survival skill is so strong that it will wake you out of a sound sleep if you're struggling with sleep apnea. Our survival skill is so strong that when we get triggered, we can get violent at a second's notice. This is what allows the species to survive. The problem is that those kinds of reactions might not be uh, appropriate for the stimulus that triggers them today. So while we are being triggered towards negativity all the time, partly because of nature, this caveman response, partly because of nurture. Yeah, because of nurture. It's because of all of the messages that we are putting into our brains on a regular basis when we are watching anything, when we are listening to anything, and when we are reading most things. So it's not anything, it's most things. Watching, listening, reading, these are how we actually put the belief systems into action. You know, this is how we get enculturated. This is how we get trained. This is how we get the understanding of the world by watching, listening, and reading. When it comes to wanting to make a change, the first thing I would say to you, if you're looking to get more positive, now that you understand that we have a negative bias in the world, you might want to look and make a list of what am I watching? What am I watching? What am I listening to? And what am I reading? And it's not who am I watching? 
or who am I listening to or whose stuff am I reading? It's the what. What are the actual words on the page? What are the actual images that I'm seeing? What are the actual sounds that I'm hearing? Let's get to the root of the issue. If you want to stay positive in a negative world, you have got to get past the critical thinking part of your brain. You've got to get away down a little deeper than what am I thinking? Because what you're thinking is based on what you're believing. This is what we discovered and have been working with for, and I say we, because I'm not alone. There's a whole body of work out there. I studied and was certified with David Baer's transformational mind hacks, his whole body of work, transformational mindset and business skills. And he calls it the five primary drivers. I have my own take on it. And so I'm over here and I call it the cycle of results. And here's what it looks like. You've got a result in your life, okay? Let's go with the easy one. You've got a certain amount of money in the bank. That's a result. It's not good or bad, it's just a result. But is it just a result? See, that observable phenomenon has to get through this filter in our brain called the reticular activating system that assigns that that's it doesn't assign the meanings to things, but it allows us to look at things with meaning and to remember the things that most closely align with the meanings that we've assigned, our beliefs about how the world works. So if you believe that $1,000 means wealth, then you look at the $1,000, you're going to have a very different experience of this cycle of results than if you think that a million dollars means wealth and a thousand dollars is nothing. So how does this all work? When you have a belief that says what wealth is and you have this dollar amount, it's going to reinforce whatever the belief is. Either I'm successful or I'm not successful. Let's go with the natural negative bias of the brain. I've got $1,000 in the bank. My belief system is that that's not very much money. What's the emotion that's gonna come from that? What are you gonna think about that? We'll go to thoughts first, because this is how the train is usually. I believe that's not enough money. So what am I thinking? And you can pop it into the chat. You can get yourself a notebook for this one. I've got $1,000. My belief system is that that's not very much money. What am I thinking? That's not very much money. What else might you be thinking? What thoughts does this bring up for you? What do you feel? What are the emotions? When you're thinking, I don't have very much money, what's the emotion that comes up for you? And go ahead and write it down because we're gonna be walking this through both directions. What's the emotion that comes up? And here's why the emotion is so, so important. It's the emotions that drive actions. We take action based on emotion. It's what gives us the energy to actually move our muscles towards something. So what are you thinking? Here's what it looks like if you're an entrepreneur and you have these emotions of, I don't have enough clients. 
the meaning that you might have assigned, I don't have very much money. The meaning you might have assigned to this is that means I'm a failure in my business. If I have the belief that not having a certain amount of money, money, the having money I don't have, so that I don't meet the criteria for success in my brain, what I believe equals success, what am I going to think about myself? What am I going to feel? What are you feeling when you think about I'm not successful? Oh, crap. What are the thoughts? And then what are the emotions? Because those emotions will drive actions. If I'm sitting here going, I'm, I don't have enough clients, I'm not successful, I'm gonna possibly go into, oh, I'm not gonna be able to pay my bills. I'm a failure. Oh, I see, there we go. This is pulling up the emotions. I see it in the chat. I'm a failure, I'm worthless. Now, when you're feeling those feelings, what actions are you motivated to take? It's probably not, I'm guessing, put together a new marketing plan, make phone calls to potential clients and send out emails announcing that I've got space on my calendar. Most likely, or in my case, I don't know how likely this is, but you know, the challenge of having my office in my home is that was usually a really good time for me to remember that I needed to do laundry. David Bear says that was when he would find himself at Starbucks getting a cup of coffee for the fourth time that day. This is such a common experience, but it's so misunderstood. The emotions drive the actions and it is the actions and only the actions we take that drive results. So there's another way to look at this. What if we get to the root of the problem by looking at the results, $1,000, looking at the actions that we did or did not take, because it could be our action was simply sitting and staring out the window. What were the emotions that were driving the actions? What were the thoughts that were triggering the emotions? And if we really, really get lucky, we'll be able to see pretty clearly what is it I believe. What is the meaning I assign to this at a time I don't even remember? Because that's when most meanings are assigned. Let's make it easy for you to understand how meanings are assigned. Baby crawling around. Babies like to crawl around. It's exploring the world. There are no meanings. Everything is new and exciting, crawling. Furry, found something warm and furry. Bad breath. Somebody says dog. And we start building out the book of dog. And so every time we encounter another warm, furry, bad breath, somebody says dog, we are adding to our book of dog and we're using all of our senses. We're touching it, we're smelling it. And if nobody's there to stop us, we might even be tasting it because I've seen kids chew on dog's ears. Anyway, kids do. They explore the world with all of their senses. They hear the dog breathe and bark. They absolutely engage at a wonderful, wonderful level. And they build out the book of dog and all is really good unless I get scared by the dog or heaven forbid, hurt by the dog. 
And all of a sudden, my book of dog includes dogs are dangerous. From that moment on, the reticular activating system is being informed by the belief that dogs are dangerous. So any dog that comes into my awareness, every twitch of the muscle is gonna hit that filter. Doesn't matter how friendly the dog is. If it's not addressed early, this filter can get entrenched and then every interaction with a dog hits that dogs are dangerous. And so what do we notice? We notice the things that trigger us into danger and then we build out even more neuropathways. Neuropathways were explained best by my friend, Ridgely Goldsboro, when he said, it's like you take a thread and you've got a thread. Now a thread's not gonna hold a whole lot, but it's a thread. And then every time you have another experience that your reticular activating system says this is a match and it allows it into your conscious mind, it's like wrapping another thread around that first one. By the time a child has a hundred, a thousand encounters with a dog over the course of their lifetime, the ones that are most likely to be remembered are the ones that match the belief that dogs are dangerous. Now we got a cable. This is the person who goes into fight or flight mode at the sound of a dog. And it's not because all dogs are dangerous. It's because that's the meaning that got assigned to dog at a time they may not even remember. That's how it works. That's how our belief systems get formed. So we are working with this evolutionarily designed construct that it was designed to be negatively focused because our early ancestors, our common ancestor, Og the caveman, needed to have a negative bias to survive. He needed to look at a purple plant and go, purple plant, what do I know about a purple plant? Last time I ate a purple plant, I got sick not eating the purple plant. It was so interesting for me. I'm fascinated by this stuff. When I realized that a typical experience for Og would be to walk out of his cave in the morning, ah, shaking bush and immediately be back into his cave. What happened if we could freeze the frame? Immediately his arms and legs, all of his big muscles got flooded with blood so that he had the energy there to sh shift and jump back into the cave. There wasn't really a conscious thought, but the semi-conscious thought, the belief system that was activating all of that faster than thought was the memory of my friend Larry got too close to shaking bush, got eaten by tiger. There's no time in fight or flight for these conscious thoughts to come through. This is why this is so important. We are being run by our unconscious beliefs, by the meanings we assign at a time we don't even remember. But here's why this is so much of a problem right now in our society. We have two things that are on the rise and I have a belief about them. This is the world according to Jackie. This is my belief system. When Og's body shifted, when the blood flowed to his arms and his legs so that he could move, think about this. 
when you're trying to survive, when you're gonna wrestle or run from a saber-toothed tiger, what percentage of your resources do you want to have available? 50? 75? No, we want 100%, right? We want to survive. The survival drive is so strong. We want 100% of our resources. And guess what? Our bodies are excellently designed to deliver 100% of the resources. And our bodies do that by shutting down two systems and diverting the resources to your muscles. And the two systems they shut down, well, Let's look at Og. Og had already eaten breakfast. See shaking bush, fight or flight, he's back in the cave. What shut down? His body stopped digesting his food in that instant. Why? Because you don't need your body diverting resources to digesting food for your breakfast when you're trying to avoid becoming breakfast for another creature. The second thing, Second system that the body shuts down. Oh, and by the way, shutting down the digestion and getting hit with these stressors all the time and our systems getting shut down, I believe is a contributing factor to obesity, that we are no longer able to digest our food as well as we might. And there's some cures for that that are coming. Hang on. The second system that shuts down. Think about this. The day before, Og was walking through the brush, not being too mindful, and scraped his leg on a plant. Do you want your body focused on healing the scratch you got yesterday? Or do you want those resources available to avoid becoming lacerated today? So healing shuts down in these moments of being hit with the fight or flight cocktail with what I call the stress cocktail of chemicals. We go into fight, flight, freeze, faint, all of these F words that they have come up with to describe the experience of being triggered and our healing, our body's innate ability to self-heal gets turned off. Now here's the real deal. Let's go back to Og, unfreeze the frame. Og is in his cave. <sighs> Let's assume he engaged with the shaking bush creature and he's fighting or he's fleeing. What is he going to do when he's done? <sighs> Shake it off. Deep breathing, getting your diaphragm to move down, filling, doing what they now call belly breathing, where your belly actually moves. This triggers your body. This is the other piece of our wiring that we inherited from Og. It triggers your body to release the counterbalancing chemicals. The physical activity gives us the runner's high. It releases the endorphins, the feel-good chemicals. The deep breathing also triggers the sensors at the base of the lungs that tells our body we're safe, release the chemicals to counterbalance. Here's where this really trips us up in our culture. We don't have a lot of real dinosaurs. We don't have a lot of real saber-toothed tigers. 
that doesn't stop the system from firing for any perceived threat. And guess what? I say perceived threat because your body cannot tell the difference between a real threat and a perceived threat. This is what makes PTSD so deadly to our bodies is because in that moment, our body actually believes we are living it, not reliving it, but living whatever that original trauma was again. But let's pull it back from trauma and that discussion and just go to a normal day in the life of Jackie. And one of the reasons why I have an office with a door now that closes. No real dinosaurs, but my boss used to come and stand over my shoulder and ask me a question and I wouldn't be able to answer it. And I'm like, I'll get back to you. Best I could do was maybe mumble that. And he would go away. Now, what was happening when he was standing over my shoulder? I was in fight or flight mode. Was I breathing? Barely. Shallow breathing, by the way, this upper chest breathing will actually trigger your body into stress. So something to be mindful of. Anyway, I'm shallow breathing if I'm breathing at all. I mutter, he leaves. What do I do once he's gone? <sighs> Darn, that's what he wanted. And then I'd have to chase him down the hall. I had no clue what was actually happening in my body and that there was nothing wrong with me. That whole brain fog, I couldn't come up with the answer. I couldn't access it in my computer of my head is normal. Why? Because you know that blood that flooded the arms and legs of Og? That blood came from the outer regions of the head where your higher functioning parts of the brain exist. It pulled in his brain stem, why? Because it would prevent him from bleeding to death if he got a head injury, which was kind of common, wrestling with a saber-toothed tiger, but it was not common dealing with my boss. And yet I was dealing with it on a regular basis not knowing what it was, just knowing the exam, that, that this is what was happening. This was the experience of it. Fast forward many years later, now I know how all the system works and there are some simple ways to create a different experience. So we'll come back to the wheel of results in just a second, but let's go here to what we just learned from Og. If you want to come out of stress, Take a deep breath. Yeah, I know. It sounds very simplistic. But whether you would go with the box breathing that um, we were exposed to yesterday, and I'm going to have to remember the name of the speaker because multiple speakers have given us breathing techniques, and we got a new one on the summit earlier this season. Deep breathing. Just take a deep breath, relax. Allow your body to come out of fight or flight. And then look at what you want to create in your life again. So that's how this whole cycle of results, if you look at your results and you start realizing that you're not happy with them, it's not a positive, it's not an up, your energy drops when you look at the results, something as simple and as objective as a number in a bank account. 
Start with something simple and objective and just see if you can get to what do I believe about this, that it's pulling my energy down. And then we're going to shift all of this for you. On the positive side, it works just as well. What if you gave yourself permission to envision that number in the bank account being the result that you want? It's not there yet, but you identify the result that you want. And you look at that and you go, this is my result. What are the actions I've taken to get that? If you go ahead and claim it as having it now, you can let your imagination run wild with this. What are the actions I took to get this result? What were the emotions? How was I feeling about myself, about my project, about the people around me that gave me the emotion that drove that action that got the result? And I got some tricks for you coming up on these. What was I thinking? What were the thoughts that drove the emotions? And that's where we're gonna play in just a minute because here is what I have come to understand. We can change our beliefs if we are willing to run this cycle backwards, starting with the result that we want. Start with the image of the result that you want. Allow yourself to own it and all of the emotions that go with owning it, having it, it's there. I did it. How did I do it? What were the actions I took? How did I do that? What were the actions I took? What were the attitudes? What were the emotions that I felt that allowed me to take those actions? What was I thinking? And we can retrain the belief system by doing this. And the more times you do it, the faster you retrain your belief system. So here's two hacks, two questions, and then I'm gonna give you something that supercharges this whole process. So the first question addresses the thinking and the emotions, okay? It addresses thinking because we're gonna be using a lot of words and emotions are only few words. Emotions are usually one word. We've confused our English language because we ask people, how do you feel about that? And what we're asking is, how do you think about that? So realize the language got trippy between thoughts and emotions. So we're just gonna go with them together and call them attitudes. And here's the question you ask to be able to retrain your brain around thoughts and emotions. You ask yourself this one question, what attitude would I have if I believed I worked with, this is about outside of you now, I believed I worked with the best clients, the best vendors, the best bosses, the best employees, the best peers in the world. What attitude would I have if I knew I had the best products, whether I created them or I'm repping for somebody else's product? What attitude would I have if I knew I had the best products, the best people in the world? When you start writing that down, you can put those into play and totally shift the energy. Now, what's that gonna do? It's gonna give you new energy to drive new actions, but what actions? 
You know that list you created of how did I get this result? There's another way to create that list and add to the list. And it's the second question. The second question is, what actions would I take if I believed I was the right person for the job? What actions would I take? And you write those down. And when you start to work this cycle, and we will give you this handout for the cycle of results, when you start to work this cycle, you will see a change. You will have this attitude of, I work with the best in the world. And two things are gonna happen. The first one is your brain is likely to try to kick it out because you have that negative bias. It says, what do you mean I've got the best employees in the world? You should have seen them at the water cooler. You just notice that and acknowledge it. And you come back to this truth. Those people, those employees, those clients, those vendors, those partners, they are the best in the world that you are ready for right now. How do I know? They're who you've got. And you can't have anything but the best in the world that you're ready for in this moment. So you know what's going to happen? As soon as you start treating people, responding to people, living into this emotion of the attitude you would have if you knew they were the best in the world, they change. That energy, that resonance, they either step up or they step out. And either way, everybody wins because you will end up with the people on your team that are ready to resonate with this attitude of we got the best in the world. We are gonna knock this out of the park. And as soon as you treat yourself as the best in the world, as the right person for the job, the right person to take or delegate the actions that will lead to the result that you've already claimed, you're gonna be in action a lot faster. So that's how this plays. So we've gone on this journey for how your body really works, what's happening when you get triggered into fight or flight, how that actually shuts down the parts of the brain that you need to succeed, how to get that back by taking on a practice of deep breathing. And when you are in a calm space, taking a look at your world through the cycle of results, look at the result you have in your life. Check out what actions got you that result. And this applies whether you're in business or in a relationship. You know, if the, I'm looking at this result, I don't feel close to my family. Well, what actions have I been taking that has led to this result? Oh, I haven't been telling my family what I'm up to. Well, why not? What's the emotion that's in the way of me talking to my family about what I'm up to? Oh. I think they're going to judge me. I think that they're going to tell me to stop being an entrepreneur and to get a job. That's what I'm thinking. Now, why? Because I have a belief system that says my family cannot support me. And it's not because they're mean. It's just because I don't. And whatever you fill in the blank, I don't believe what. And then you start putting this cycle to your benefit and you go, okay, 
let's change that belief. Let's go with this attitude of my family is the best in the world. My family is the most supportive in the world. What attitude would I have if I was believing that my family was the most supportive in the world? How, does, how do I feel now? What actions will I take believing that my family is the most supportive in the world? Well, one, I might tell them at the beginning of a talk, you know, hey, 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 I'm calling you because I know you are the one person who will support me more than anybody else in the world. What have you told them? What you believe about them? Oh, you believe I'm going to support you because I'm the best support you've ever had. That feels pretty good. What do you want to tell me? Their reaction is going to be different if you have already clued them in to the fact that you think that they are the best in the world at whatever it is you've decided to believe. And from that action, you will get a different result. In this scenario, what's the most likely result? If you are treating your family knowing that they are the most supportive in the world and you are acknowledging them for that before you share anything with them, the result's gonna be a little different. And that's how the cycle works for you. Breaking it down, you're naturally prone to stress. You're naturally prone to fight or flight. The solution is as simple as three deep breaths. And the long-term solution, once you've come out of fight or flight, is to use the cycle of results. And you want to be doing this. Even if all you get out, if your only takeaway from this is that you pause and you take three deep, slow breaths every hour, belly breathing, allowing your body to become saturated with oxygen, to know that it's safe. If that's all you get from this, that will change your life. And here's why. Right now, what's happening in the world? We get triggered. Somebody cuts you off in traffic. Somebody disses you in a meeting, or you even imagine that they're dissing you in a meeting. You get triggered into fight or flight. But if you don't know that that's what's been happening and you hold your breath and you're shallow breathing and you're just upset and you don't know how to pause and take three deep breaths to start counterbalancing this, your body's dealing with that level of the stress cocktail in your bloodstream. And it has to naturally degrade. And depending on which aspect of that cocktail, you could be looking at anywhere from six hours to 24 hours before it gets out of your bloodstream. And the reality is, the odds are that in less than six hours, you're gonna be triggered again. Something else is gonna come. Now you've already got this level in your bloodstream and you got this on top of it. And every time that you have this amount in your bloodstream, your digestion is shutting down and getting funky. Your healing is shutting down and getting funky. So we've got the rise of autoimmune disorders going on. We've got the increase in obesity and diabetes and all the things that go with that going on. And I believe that the root cause is not understanding the stress response and how to change what we believe that's that decision we made about what things mean that's actually behind it. So now you have this body of evidence and it sounds like it's going to change your world. The problem is how are you gonna to remember to do it? How long is it gonna take? All of those things. The deep breathing takes place right away. 
but there's even something that I would love to share with you and give to you. And actually, I'm changing for Katie's benefit. What I want you to have is I want you to have the ability to create for yourself your own what I'm listening to, what I'm seeing, what I'm reading that puts you in the absolute prime state to achieve whatever you want to achieve. And it's almost effortless. It will only take three minutes a day. And in those three minutes, you will be coating yourself with emotional Teflon. You will be protecting yourself by elevating your mood and attitude for six to eight hours. Long enough for some of those stress cocktail chemicals to get out of your body. So you give your body a break from the stress cocktail. And it's very, very simple. And it's for you for free. And the site is emotionalteflon.com. Let's just coach you with some emotional Teflon. And I want to give this to you and I want to explain to you how it works. I met one of the content creators for this transformative technology that's the backbone of emotional Teflon. And when I understood what they had created, what he had created with them, I was fascinated and floored because I like speed. I like things that work fast. So I jumped on a call with the creator, with the founder of the technology, and we very quickly went from, I'm going to use it because I love it, to I'm going to put my own content up there because I think this is the most powerful way for people to get my messaging to I'm gonna partner with you and we're gonna change the world. So they are a partner with the Teen Suicide Prevention Society. Part of all of the proceeds from anything that I do with them goes to the nonprofit. And here's the power behind this. Remember where we started? What you put in your eyes, what you put in your ears, what you allow yourself to see as far as images, read as far as headlines, hear. These are what are programming your brain constantly. And they are almost all negative right now. You can't turn on a TV or turn on a computer screen without seeing negative, sensationalized, emotionally evocative headlines, crises. Devastating images. And what do we hear? We hear the commentary that goes with that. We hear the inflammatory voices, the tonality, because the majority of communication is tone and body language. We are flooded with these images. And to counterbalance that, we need a powerful tool where we can choose the images that we see. And that's what they have created and what I am developing with them. What we put in there that you can have immediately is the session I created. You don't even have to opt in. It's down at the bottom of the page that I co-created with them would be more accurate. And if you decide to opt in, it's free. And for seven days, you will get to test drive all of the hundreds of sessions 
that are available in there. You will be able to customize them. You'll be able to put your own pictures in there. You know that result that I said claim? What if you put an image of that result into what is essentially a vision board on steroids and you were flooded with all of the images that support powerful prosperity to stick with that example of money? Or maybe the result that you want is to heal your body and you put images of yourself at a healthier time, images of the places you will travel when you feel better into a session like healing and harmony. And you get to start flooding your brain with powerful positive images, affirmative statements and questions that come so fast that comes so randomly because every time you watch a session, it's different. It's one of the powerful pieces of this technology. This gets past the critical thinking mind and into the other than conscious brain. Critical thinking brain, other than conscious mind. It gets past all of that and into the space where you can actually start to live from it immediately. And this isn't magic, it's not hocus pocus, it's based on positive psychology and the ability to understand plasticity of the brain based on Harvard's study back in 2017. The Harvard Medical School released their study, Time Magazine, January 19th, I believe, 2017. Little known study, but it proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that our brains can build out new neuropathways. We can build out new brain matter at any age. And this tool does that. It helps you lay down the neuro pathways that are in alignment with the results that you want, the emotions you want to feel that will drive the actions to get the results. What if you had a shortcut to managing your mood, your attitude, your thoughts, and your emotions, and all you had to do was push play? I recommend you also put your own pictures in there. That process is super simple as well. After seven days of using this, if you decide it's not for you, but you have to promise me you're going to use it, that you're going to watch at least three minutes a day, okay? Super simple instructions. Everyone defaults to 15 minutes. You just hit go faster with your cursor and you can get it down to where it's three to five minutes. You promise you'll watch three to five minutes a day. Random, go explore these hundreds. I mean, there's Jack Canfield success principles. There's Sean Akers, the happiness advantage. There's Napoleon Hill's work is in here. All of it deliverable to your other than conscious mind, super, super fast. So it's free at the end of seven days. If you decide it's not worth, oh, by the way, the cost is $19 a month to have ongoing access, ongoing customization, ongoing support with this tool. If you decide it's not for you, guess what? You never lose access to my course, Leaving Shouldville, and to being happier. And if you want to shift your mood in an instant, try being happier. It is full of these images of smiles and the affirmations and the affirmative questions that support you going, how did my life get so wonderful? and shifting the energy just in that instant and the effect lasts for six to eight hours. And if being happier is too big of a gap, if, if you're like it's stressing you to watch all these images of happiness because that's a gap between your reality, 
and the images is too big because you've been swimming in Shouldville, you've been living in Shouldville, you got, you've been engaging in Shouldfests with your friends and family where you guys are shooting on each other all the time and it's pretty stinky, then shift over and watch Leaving Shouldville and get your brain out of the should habit so you can live should free, live outside of Shouldville, and then use all of the other tools inside here, all of these other sessions to give your brain permission that this is who you are, how you are, how you deserve to live. So that's my gift for you. How to coat yourself with emotional Teflon starts with deep breathing, continues with the cycle of results and making that cycle, which is happening in your world every day. It's what is your experience of life is on this wheel, making that work for you, coming out of the natural negative bias and turning it into a powerful source of positivity. And then reinforcing all of that, putting all of that on steroids by using the tool at emotionalteflon.com, getting yourself working with changing what's brainwashing you, flooding your mind with the counterbalancing, giving yourself something to read that is positive so that you're asking yourself the questions that empower you like, when did my life get so wonderful? Listening to the sounds, the music that is underscores each session. You have the power to change your experience of life now at your fingertips. And I am so, so grateful that you were here, that you're part of the mission to make teen suicide a thing of the past and that you're willing to consider how to stay positive in a negative world.